When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. Excuse the partial technical difficulties there. The internet is being a jerk for a moment. <laughs> so, anyway, tonight we're hoping to get a little spring in our steps. Our favorite baseball player is back. But first, Brendan Panikar, Adam Corsair, my co-host. How are you fellas doing this week? What's going doing on, guys? Well. So, that being said, let's get to the main topic. George Springer is back. Can we even, are we shocked? Is this allowed? Are we excited? <laughs> What's going on? Brendan, you want to kick it off? He was your uh, Superman crush over the over the winter, so I figure it's a good spot That's for true. you to start. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's uh, it was uh, like kind of like opening day again yesterday, uh, especially because I didn't get to see his first game because I was driving uh, during the course of the game, so just listen on the radio, so it was actually nice to see it in person, his return. Um, yeah, he didn't do much, but whatever. Just his presence in the lineup alone just lengthens it like crazy. I mean, you look at tonight's lineup, and there's only really two dead spots throughout the entire thing, and that's because we're in a National League park, and Robbie Ray has to hit. Stupid National League rules. But, yeah, yeah, right. uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's great seeing him back there, but it just feels so much more complete of a return this time because he's actually playing in center field where he's supposed to be instead of just being a DH. It signals to me, I know Adam, you asked the question last week when you're hosting, how confident are you? Will he be here to stay for the rest of the season? And I said, hundred percent he's in center field. He's running fine. Um, and he doesn't have a history of injuries. So uh, I hope this is just uh, game. Uh, what is now five he's played. So tonight would be game six, game six of through the rest of the season. And hopefully uh, it just uh, sparks the, uh, the entire team a little bit. And, so far, so good. Yep, Adam. What say you? Uh, I look. It, seeing him in a Blue Jays uniform, it was one of those "I have to see it to believe it" kind of thing. Um, because we've been down this road before. We've been down this road of seeing him in the lineup, and then, uh, you know, it's usually, if not exclusively, at DH. I don't think. I think yesterday was his first time in center field for the Blue Jays. Yep. Um, so there you go. Uh, the the perks of being in a National League park. Um, and he's playing center field there today. I was more impressed with the notion, at least the reported notion, that he went to Montoyo and said, hey, 
one through four has been hitting pretty well, put me in fifth. Um, that's pretty cool, especially for your $150 million man, um, you know, being the guy right now, being the superstar of the team outside of Vladdy. Um, it, it can only do good things offensively for this team. Um, and you can tell that there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of not to use the pun overly here, but a little spring in their steps with him in the lineup. Um, it's a confidence there. So hopefully this can get the ball rolling and and who knows, maybe he'll be fifth for the remainder of the year. I mean, that'd be weird. No one predicted that. <laughs> but with the way Simeon has been has been hitting throughout the year, even though he's been on a slight downturn as of recently, um, you can't complain. And one through five, that is deadly. Even if you want to include Graychuck at six, um, you know, when he's on, that's still pretty deadly. So not bad. I, I'm I'm really encouraged by this, and hopefully this can do a little bit more wonders for their offense that has been performing quite well. To that point, I'm sure you both are watching the game right now, along with all of our Blue Jays fans and listeners that are on right now, helping to enjoy the game with us this evening. Bubba Shett just laced a nice ball down the first baseline. There's a nice one. Oh, yeah. Double. Or no, single. He ended up only. I can't believe he only didn't get a double out of that. It was just kind of odd, right? So quick. Yeah. This shows how fast the right fielder got to that ball. But to that point of having George Springer back, I thought that was amazing that he was just, dude, total leadership role. You wanted him Mm. to be a role player on this team and be the guy. Just for the fact that he goes, you know what? One through four is solid. And like you said, just that a testament to be that guy and be the leader of this team that we are needing. You know, it's one thing to have the guys that are the youngers, the Vlads, the Bows, and all that kind of good company, but these seasoned veterans, the ones that know how to win. They said something during last night's um, broadcast that boggled my mind a little bit, knowing how bad the Astros were at the beginning of George Springer's career. He has won like 65% of the ball games he's played yeah. in through his career. That's freaking nuts. I know the Astros were literally godlike as far as record there for three seasons. But don't forget, they were the complete opposite of that for what seemed like a five-year stretch. And Springer was involved in that immensely. He was the guy that was coming up that was supposedly the face of the 2019 World Series champions, right? Yep. <laughs> so yep. uh, to know that we have that in this dugout and in this lineup – it is going to be something of beauty, I think, as far as the Blue Jays' offense goes. But, gentlemen, I'm going to pose the next question to you on this point. Is the spring in their step going to turn into an igniter for this team? Adam, I'm going to let you go first. Sure. Um, <laughs> I want to say yes. I really do <laughs> want to say yes. But, you know, not to throw cold water on the celebration of Springer being back, but this team isn't hurting for offense. Um, you can put up more runs, but to me, that's just a cry for help to make sure there's a lot more run insurance for a bullpen that actually hasn't been performing that bad since the Baltimore series. The past series. week, it has been immensely better compared to yeah. the yeah. we're literally, literally ready to start the thing on fire and start all over last week, basically. Yeah. It's kind of how I yeah. felt like about it. <laughs> so. Outside of, uh, I think, Thornton's outing against Baltimore, uh, it hasn't been that bad, but um, will it ignite them into maybe a playoff push? I don't think so. I think you need a splash at the trade deadline to really do that. But this doesn't hurt. Like I don't want to take anything away from it. This is not a bad thing. I just think I wouldn't even call it a, a net even. I just think offense wasn't the problem here. 
Correct. I'm like trying to circle around the problem and solve it another way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Brendan? I'm, I'm with you 100%, Adam. It's, uh, yeah, until the bullpen uh, levels out a little bit and gets a little more consistent, which to Tyler Chatwood's credit, he has pitched a lot better the last yes. few hours. And that Found would be it. a huge boost for this bullpen if Tyler Chatwood gets back to even half of what he was uh, before he imploded there for a couple weeks. Uh, offense is fine. The rotation has stabilized, and I don't want to bury the lead, but we can credit a member of the rotation for that in a way, more so towards the bottom half of the rotation. Um, so, yeah, the team... It feels like they're right on the edge of being able to take off and go on a bit of a run here with some of these weaker opponents, but it's kind of like, I got to see it to believe it. And longer term, to your point, Adam, about needing a splash at the deadline, a splash at the deadline probably could have the exact same effect getting too low, and David Price did. I'm not going to say they're going to... I'm pretty sure the wreck was, what, 42 and 18 after the trade deadline when they got too low in, in David Price. That's, un, yeah. that's unheard of. Like, basically, <laughs> like, never losing in hockey or football in the NFL. So um, I'm not expecting that, but I could expect, I don't know, 35 wins, 35 to 40 wins, maybe after something like that. Maybe 35 as a second-half thing uh, to look forward to. Even then, it might not be enough to get them into a wild card, but as long as they're competitive the second half of the season, and you know what, if they fall short a game or two, maybe even three games back, we can look back at the stretch where the bullpen collapsed and all that different kind of stuff and blame it on there. But the good thing is, this team is not near the end of its core or its window. It's at the beginning of it, so it could be a signal of good things to come for the following years as well. So I guess I got to give you segue points now because, you know, you, you were teasing the Blue Jays fans with where we're going with this conversation next. And the fact that is there, before I do that, does anybody want to wrap it or put any other notes in on the George Springer fun? No, he just looks good in a Blue Jays jersey. He's at the yeah. at the plate right now. So that's the reason I had to give everybody that one yeah, more yeah. chance. It's like you know he's up. We're gonna have to highlight everybody throughout the rest of this uh, piece here. I guess you know he's got no one count on him with a guy on second, third. Ooh, one nothing. And it's gonna be one nothing on the weirdest, awkwardly played freaking ground ball of the first base I've seen in a long time. <laughs> so good fun stuff. Two but, nothing now. Hey. Oh, there Against you go. Against Trevor Rogers, wow. too. Because of it's all the rolling around by the first baseman, Aguilar, unfortunately, he kind of like, that was a weird dive for him to go after yeah. that one. And it, feeling the ball behind him and coming back was a little odd. But anyway, hey, two RBIs for George Springer, right? <laughs> so anyways, on that note, let's talk Ross Stripling. Guys, over the last few, um, I got the stat here from me, over his last 39 innings, he is a .97 uh, whip, and he's back under four in those uh, innings as ERA, and actually su- just under 3.5 in those 39 innings. That still is lumping in one rough start where he gives up four run runs to the Boston Red Sox. But he has been very good over the last two starts against the Yankees and obviously the Marlins this the other evening. Are we ready to jump on the train here that Ross Striplin has clearly figured out something from his friend Shay Sutley telling him tipping pitches? Or, or what else is going on here? Uh, Brennan, I believe it's your turn to run with the Ross Stripling fun. Yeah, he's been their best starter since May 24th, and that's by almost every single metric as a starting pitcher. He's been better than Ryu. He's been better than Robbie Ray. And it definitely is a result of those mechanical changes he's made because um, there was that one awkward start where he kind of started to make the mechanical changes, but they weren't fully, like, I don't know if he was fully adjusted to it or he just wasn't used to it yet. And then that relief outing against the Rays when he came in and threw seven amazing innings on that Monday I know the series is still a disaster, but that was the start of uh, Ross Stripling turning it around. And, you know, that's not a story that successful teams have 
throughout the course of a season when they do go on and make the playoffs and you could go back and look at a turning point. And uh, again, I, I think we, a couple of us said this before the season started when we were doing some crazy predictions uh, that maybe Ross Stripling can be this year's Marco Estrada, a guy I Estrada started in the bullpen and he came into the rotation probably around the, around the time when Stripling started to turn things around. But the whole concept or the whole point of that is to say it could be a very similar impact. Um, ride it out as long as you can. I mean, another topic we're talking about later, not to keep on burying the lead or anything like that, but uh, um, <laughs> injuries, uh, taking it slow with some of the younger guys and whatnot, like a Thomas Hatch uh, and others. Let Stripling ride it out, and he's been fantastic, and credit where credit's due. Yeah. In first case, you're not rushing one of those guys back from the injury. Exactly. Exactly. So. Adam, run with. Tell me what you think about this whole Ross Stripling thing. Are you feeling good? Feeling bad? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not feeling bad. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. And look, we talked about this. Uh, when was it? When his last bad outing against was a Tampa Bay. When yep. we were just saying he has one more, and to prove it. And he, to his credit, he owned it. That's the thing. Like you yeah. want to hear accountability from players. You want to hear players saying, you know, I, I haven't been playing well enough. I need to make some adjustments. And I'm not. I think from what I read, he was tipping pitches with like his mouth movements. He, he like would open his, his mouth. Something. Yeah, when it came to a breaking pitch, or something they picked up on it. And baseball players are probably fantastic poker players. But um, <laughs> right. I I just think that you know when you had that sort of. Uh, stability in your rotation, which by and large hasn't really been an issue at all. Mm -hmm. um, we thought the starting rotation was going to be something that needed to be addressed. And it turns out kind of doesn't, um, at least for now. Um, There's enough pieces I, to that puzzle right now that is piecing together properly. Yeah. Would, would it be yeah. nice to get that next piece? Yes, probably. But we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's it's wonderful that. We have someone that can pitch at least six innings, right? I would like to see him go seven. He has yet to do it uh, since this resurgence, or actually since the entire season. He hasn't done it. But, you know, with the way the bullpen, I know we just gave him some some credit, although small sample size being what it is. Um, I'd like to see the starters stretched out just a little bit, especially if there's a lead in their favor. And if Stripling can go, I don't know, six and a third or even seven, um, do it. I mean, his his pitch count has been increasing. He, um, he's been having his control there, and the pitches look good. Like he's pitching with confidence, and you could you could have a lot worse happen when it comes to your rotation. And I see the guy to say it, but I'm at the point right now, today, injury aside, that I'd rather see Stripling pitch than Nate Pearson. Yeah, same. That's going to be a fun conversation in a moment. You both are just all over this agenda tonight. <laughs> just bang, 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 all over. <laughs> and so, to that point, I want to just hammer on one thing here that I noticed in some of these stat lines and stuff. Sure. We remember that, you know, per, per the conversation where you were just heading with the innings and stuff, <laughs> did he take a step back because he wasn't getting past barely the first inning in some of those things as far as his longevity and his stamina goes? This is a guy that was getting buried with three or four inning, or runs right in the first inning and a few starts. To that yeah. point where he's even worked his way out of that crevice to the point where he's giving he's given up 10 hits in his last three starts, five walks, and he's meanwhile struck out to almost 20 guys. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. So that's pretty damn good in three starts. So yeah. the fact that, uh, yeah, okay, the last one was against Miami, but that wasn't even his best start out of these ones. This one was against the Yankees, who at the time and in the last two, three weeks have actually been one of the better teams in baseball. They've seemed to have found something offensively, at least. But <laughs> I digress. Ross Stripling held them to basically Jack and or squat. <laughs> so yeah. um, that being said, Knowing that he's going to be now paired in that ballpark here conversation with Robbie Ray and Ryu, perfect gold, and we can just hopefully mail in the last two guys, and eventually we're going to get Steven Matz back, who yeah. unfortunately just read before we went on the air tonight. Apparently he is going to be missing his next start, which was supposed to be tomorrow, and yes. they're going to move um, I th- Anthony K. Anthony K. Yep. Yep. Friend of the brother show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, it's a, it is what it is. And honestly, I think K can get us some decent, decent innings. And the bullpen has luckily had a decent stretch here, regardless of who's in it, to actually recover and recoup a little bit because they haven't been having to worry about covering eight or nine innings <laughs> instead of just, you know, running with here with the three or four at the end of a ball game. So closing on tripling before we talk about a literal just, fight. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just been great. Yeah, he's, it's incredible seeing it. And the velocity's ticked up a little bit, too. That's important to note. And he's getting fastball by guys. And now that he's better controlled the breaking ball, he just has set up the breaking ball to be that much more effective. And that's probably his best overall pitch. Um, so, Which was probably yeah, why great. he was getting teed up. Yeah, exactly. Because he's relying on that pitch. Yeah, 100%. And his fastball command on it back earlier in the season. So he's walking guys, giving up homers and whatnot. So now it's great to see. It's a nice turnaround. Yeah, somebody needs to dig up Yo. and see if Chase Utley is actually full-on legit a coach to some minor league or baseball team of any kind right now. Because the fact that apparently he somehow picked that up from just watching Ross Stripling on TV. <laughs> you know, what the hell? Come on. It's insane. Yeah, I know. You know you're doing something right when you get checked for foreign substances. Just yeah. <laughs> Considering some you of the know you're doing yesterday. That was absolutely. a pretty thorough check, too. They made him flip his yeah. belt on <laughs> everything. It was just like, what the heck is yeah. going on? Um, and he didn't have a meltdown like Max Scherzer. Um, I'm waiting that to see so what happened. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting to see the highlights on Trevor Bauer when uh, they harass him oh. inevitably. Tonight Probably would be my them. guess. <laughs> so, or it's gonna be something really weird where he brings like the like the one guy that brought like the nail file with him. And he tried throwing it away with the wa- the umpire watching him. And yeah. like, he's like, yep. "Wait, what's that?" <laughs> Classic or maybe baseball he takes highlights. Takes his pants down like Sergio Romo did last night. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was an announcer that did that in a ball game or something. He slid in the first base really quick, really hard, and, and um, in the midst of that, obviously got like a pound of dirt down his pants, and then he was you know starts on buckling his pants right there first base and then goes oh shit <laughs> pulls him back up it was somebody oh it was uh, Steve Lyons <laughs> when he was still yeah. announcing <laughs> so but anyway moving along let's talk about this weirdness that has now become a suspension for our manager and a five game pending uh, you know appeals and good fun stuff like Manoa for the bean all incident that happened over the Orioles series and the fact that it was what two home runs that were hitting that same inning more or less, the Blue Jays went from being in a two to one, trailing two to one, to five to one in like five seconds. It seemed like, and I don't know how well it was actually Manoa targeting. Um, who was the the guy he plunked? I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Um, Michael Franco. Michael Franco. So in the midst of that, um, I couldn't tell if it was intent, not intent. It's amazing to me that they went after the five 
games for the suspension. I get why mm. it did happen after home runs. That tends to be the main defining line of most of those ejections for pitchers, especially due to bean balls. But the fact that there was nobody warned about anything after the fact, but then again, there was no incident until then. So why, how, why, how and why would have you been warning anybody? There's a lot of weirdness to what's going on there. But as far as it goes, right now we we had John Schneider is the manager last night for the whole game. So good. I loved it. <laughs> I'm so a big Schneider fan, John Schneider fan. So preview um, of things to come. I that's know, it. right? <laughs> so that's why Adam's all fancy here because of his, <laughs> uh, you know, quote, interim manager shit that he's got yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> Placeholder. So in all reality, what do you guys feel about the suspension? Was it ju- jerk or justified, I guess, would be the best way of saying it from uh, Major League Baseball's commissioner's office. Um, do you think there was something there, or do we uh, are we all reading into this whole thing with Manoa? I think the big thing I drew it toward him was the fact that he didn't stand down after he did throw it. He kind of did the, all right, fine, here we go, and walks toward the back. <laughs> yeah. Um, 100% deserved. Sorry, Blue Jays fans. 100% deserved. Um, I get it. You're competitive. I totally understand. And, you know, you want to stare into the – you could say you're staring into the glove, but you're staring in at a player. Um, and it's pissing people off. Um, I know Odor got pissed, but who cares? Um, was it, <laughs> who was it for the, the butterfly flying by him anyway? Yeah. Who gives a shit about yeah. it? Tim Anderson. Tim, Tim Anderson got pissed. Um, and you know, it, 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 I get it. You, you're, you're trying to show that you're, you're not just this rookie that can get pushed around. I totally understand the narrative here, but you know, that sequence that happened prior to you plunking that player, uh, you gave up those home runs, dude. He that was on did. you. You know, that <laughs> they didn't do anything. Um, there was no uh, taunting. There was no, uh, you know, foul play in between the pitches or anything. No bat it was, Yeah, it was uncalled for. Um, completely deserved. I don't know that you can really, though, this is the flip side of it. I don't know that you can judge someone's mentality. Right? Can you judge intent based on it, based on the body language after the fact that he threw at it? Yeah, you're walking towards the plate. Most people that do it by accident, they sort of like dust the mound and they give like a little, you know, hat tip to the player, like, "Hey, my bad, I didn't mean it." But that was, it seemed clear that it was going for him. Um, you're not there yet, dude. You're just not. And maybe this is just me being a boomer about things and whatever. But to me, there's just no place for that because, you know, blue defense that are defending them. If you flip the rules, you would be pissed. You would be pissed and you would be saying this five game suspension is justified. I think we're in the ballpark. And I'm lucky that it's five games, but let's yeah. get this right to the point where he can get his next start in call it a day. It's great with the appeals process is that weird and convoluted and all that fun stuff like that. So Brennan, pick it up and run with it. My friend, I'm on the complete opposite side of the boat. <laughs> I'm on the complete opposite side. First of all, let's add up all the pieces to this puzzle here. Yes, Manoa is a guy who doesn't have very good control. We've seen that, where he just loses it completely throughout the course of some of his starts already. Um, Second of all, Michael Franco is a seven-hitter who's absolutely dog shit. He's terrible. He's not a good player. Why would you want to hit him? There was no intent behind that. And that was a part of the game I was actually able to catch on Saturday. And... Um, I was watching with one of my friends who was over and we both looked at each other. It's like, why is Michael Franco getting upset here? 
you're not very good. You're a seven-hitter, and there was no intent there. It was just a ball that got away from Manoa. It happens from time to time. And uh, So the part that we don't know, because it couldn't see it on the camera, is if Manoa was the first one to say anything, whether he just stared in at Michael Franco, which Franco chirped back at him, and then had that whole thing start. Who knows? I think the suspension isn't necessarily coming from the fact of him hitting him. It's more so the fact that he got right into Jerry Meal's face after that and was yelling at him and clearly not happy with him. That's where I think it went wrong for Alec Manoa. The part that pissed me off more was the fact that Charlie didn't immediately get tossed right after him because we know that John Gibbons would have done that right there and then. Charlie comes in and tells Alec, get out of here. Go into the dugout. You got tossed. I got your back. Charlie did not have his back. And I know Mike Wilder's poo-pooing on the fact all the time when people are being like, why isn't Charlie getting tossed? There's still an element of that that exists in baseball where players want to see your manager stick up for you. And then if you both get tossed, go have a beer in the dugout after that. Or sorry, in the uh, in the clubhouse after that and just hang out. Man, got you. Uh, we're not going to let that happen again. But no, I'm on the total opposite side. I don't think there was any intent. Michael Franco's not a good baseball player. Unless Manoa said something to entice him other than a stare, Walk on down to first base. There was no intent. So I don't to, know, man. I don't, I don't know. He walked right up to the plate and took his glove off. So the first after th- after Franco said something though, it was uh, so whether it was Mano who said something to elicit a response from Franco. That's the part I don't know, and I don't think any of us know because you just couldn't see the camera angles that they had. But um, I'm gonna guess it was a stare that led to Franco saying something, which then Ooh. led to Mano's reaction. Yeah, this went from I a rookie it. versus a guy that's clearly past his prime to all of a sudden like Nolan Ryan versus Robin Ventura almost. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I I know I'm not talking Blue Jays history here, but that's famous in in baseball lore. Mm-hmm. Nolan Ryan just destroys a baseball in on Robin Ventura after a, I think it actually was after another one by a uh, White Sox and Ventura just they both locked eyes and bang done. Next thing you know, uh, Nolan Ryan's got Ventura in a head block and pounding him. <laughs> so it, it, I just couldn't believe how all of a sudden it went from what it looked like a ball out to me, at least that trailed out of his hand to, oh, benches are cleared and like, bang, done. <laughs> it was just very, very oh, yeah. quick and escalated. I literally turned away from the game and then came back because I was get, cooking dinner. And all of a sudden I was like, holy shnikes, what happened? <laughs> so, You know what the part that I don't understand is what got Brandon Hyde so heated after that? Because then he was getting at it and wanting to go after a member of the Blue Jays. And I think it was Charlie. If you're Brandon oh, Hyde. Oh, the manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you want Manoa to stay in the game because he just gave up two bombs? Why would you want Manoa gone? Like, they probably would have ended up winning the game and getting a few more runs off of him if he wasn't yeah. tossed. So I don't know what the hell set off Brandon Hyde. <laughs> hey, is what it is. <laughs> it could have been I, mean, worse. I think he's just defending, you know, getting riled up for his team, um, which is what people are vocalizing for Charlie. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, not to, I'm sort of circumventing the conversation back to the managerial talk. I feel like that if that was Schneider, he seems to have that fire in him that would yeah. be like, let's fucking go. Yeah, right. Yeah. He just seems like a guy that would you don't want to get in a bar fight with. Uh, whereas Charlie, like, I could take him. Let's <laughs> play the bongos. You're the bongos. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, in the midst of that, I was surprised that we didn't get more bonus John Schneider quicker. <laughs> right. Um, or even the fact that that fact, you know, yeah, Charlie ran out there, but the rest of the manager staff was obviously clearly worried about mop up duty and keeping everybody out of the middle, you know, but. 
there's some certain guys in that dugout, even the managers that are, you know, and other coaches that I would have assumed jumped in that fire right there too with the players. But hey, it is what it is. That's baseball, unfortunately. And I'm I'm gonna give him Elisa credit if he was thinking about maybe sending him a little chin music. You know, after the home runs, just to say, hey, how you doing? I wouldn't have ever agreed to freaking going after the guy to beaning somebody. But some of that's just hard-nosed baseball. I didn't really pay attention. Was he right on the plate after the two home runs? Or I don't know. I wasn't that... I wasn't doing that kind of detective work. So he's like as far away, hoping he wouldn't get plunked or something. (laughs) It was almost behind him. Right. And that's why I think it was intentional. Yeah. Because it it wasn't like an inside pitch that like hit him near the chest area or right up here. It was almost behind him. And that's a telltale sign, respectfully disagreeing with you, Brendan. That's a telltale sign that you're you're head hunting. And I, I just I think it's just a case of a rookie getting frustrated after giving up two bombs. Right. And, you know, gotta give credit look, the one thing I took away from that Orioles series, maybe this because it's the Blue Jays and they haven't been playing that well. The Orioles aren't as bad as I thought they were. No, they're, they're, they're players. still bad. But, like, Mancini and uh, Mullins, is it? Yeah, yeah Cedric they, Mullins is great. They can hit, man. They came they out can of nowhere hit. recently, too. Yeah. And Mountcastle, too. Mountcastle is a lot better than we've been seeing out of him this season, too, I think. Yeah. He's yeah, going to be yeah. their star player in the very near future, I think. He could easily be their new Trey Mancini. But um, he's just not there. It's like that little bit further down the line to where he comes in and really takes in the team and puts it on his shoulders. But um, then always forget about Severino, their catcher. Yep. He's always been a – he's found a way to destroy Blue Jays over the years. I think he has his only three-home run game in his career against the Blue Jays a couple years Probably. ago. Probably. <laughs> so, and yeah, apparently the they were talking about the, the actually yes that was because Pat and uh, uh, were talking about Damn. it during the, Damn, the yeah. game the other night that he was yeah, the last yeah. last Orioles player to hit three home runs in a ball game. So, yeah, they have building blocks, man. The Orioles do have some nice building blocks. They're still probably two three years away, but uh, a good off season of signings or a few good trades, and they'll they'll be competitive again in a couple of years. But yeah. hopefully, they can beat up on them this weekend. Speaking of trades. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although maybe, who knows? So I want to talk in this next piece, guys. Unless you want to add anything last to that, uh, the, the brawl, the lack thereof. <laughs> no, I'm good. All right. Yeah. The um, once again, per what kind of what Adam was, you know, spinning the wheels on a little bit already. Nate Pearson has found himself back on the injured reserve list, and it is once again the groin injury. It's back, it's lingering, whatever it might be. It's worse than it was before. They didn't really get into that. But are you guys starting to lose the idea that here that maybe Nate Pearson is actually hardcore, a sure thing, a win in the near term of these injuries? Is he helping us this year or even next year with all this stuff piling up and the fact that he just can't seem to get consistent innings going to even when he is healthy to you know get to that next stop? Most of the reasons I at least think that he was up this year was lack of options, and they were hoping to roll the dice and get something like they have gotten from Alec Manoa out of this situation. Uh, Brendan, I believe it's your turn to start. Yeah, I'm. it, it sucks because all the injuries are taking away precious development time for him, and I think they would have hoped that he'd be back up in the bigs by this point. But And he was even struggling down in the minors too, like, don't let's not fool ourselves it's not like he went right back down there after that Astros start and figured it out again um it's a little worrisome for sure 
but I'm still not at the point trade him this trade deadline. I gotta I gotta wait it out as long as possible with the kid um, and see if they can fix him. Um, they waited it out as long as possible with Kyle Drabeck because that was their big piece at the time that they got for Halliday, and I was on board with that because you had to try. I mean, or else the Roy Halliday trade was basically a wash, or they they, they really didn't get anything from the Roy Halliday trade. And I know you drafted Nate Pearson. Um, we got Devin Travis. Travis. That's all. Right. Saying. Yeah, yeah. For a couple of years, he contributed for a little while. But I know that I know that Pearson was a comp pick that they got for. I forget who was leaving a free agency, but still, yeah, you got to ride it out even longer. And you know what? Even if it takes another year or two for him to finally establish himself, I'm fine with that because I think we've seen what he can do, mm-hmm. and it's damn tantalizing and tough to pass uh, up on or move on from. So you're not pulling the ripcord yet. But no. see some improvement somehow. Def- definitely. Like if he comes back in a couple weeks and he starts putting it together again and he comes up and let's say he's here after the all-star break in Buffalo or if they're back playing in Toronto, just as long as he's in the major leagues and he has a strong finish to his season, that's enough for me to be like, yeah, that's totally fine with me. There you go. Adam, what do you think? Uh, I don't think that I- I'm off the Pearson train. I, I'm sorry. I, again, I know people are going to be like, oh, fuck you, Adam, because <laughs> everyone loves their their prospects that are Blue Jays fans, and I get it. But I, I'm in a position right now, sell high. Sell high. We, we the Boners were up for Daniel Norris, you know, that the year we had him uh, in 2015, and then we ended up trading him for David Price uh, in a package. Uh, everyone loved him, you know, living in a van, cool. Uh, you know, spring training was great, whatever. And he turned out to be nothing, really nothing. And I'm not saying Pearson's going to be nothing, but when you see this many injuries this frequently, it's an automatic red flag. And I, I think the Blue Jays would be wasting their time trying to force development and force to force a role for him. Um, unless he can come out of this groin injury, you know, and, and have consistent innings and they bring him up as a bullpen piece. Fine. But I don't see him as a starter. Uh, he, it, from right now, we had this conversation, I think, in, in last year, or the beginning of this year, when we were asking ourselves if he was injury-prone. That he is. I, I, I'm sort of at the point where I think he's going to be an injury-prone pitcher. And having logging numerous innings as a starter, if that's going to be his role, and we're relying on him to pitch up to 100 pitches, that, if he does solidify that role and he constantly gets hurt, that's going to work to the Blue Jays' detriment. Right, and we can't we can't be fishing for starters at this point. So I'm at the point where if he's included for in a package for something substantial coming in return, even if it's a rental at the point, and I know it's controversial, but even if it's a rental starting pitcher, and Nate Pearson is the centerpiece of it, I'm okay with it at this point. Yeah, I'm starting to get more and more into your Kool Aid level there, uh, Adam. But <laughs> it's just mostly because I'm gonna throw a couple names out here as far as Blue Jays guys that were. Uh, supposed to be good and we didn't really get to ever see the best of them one of them i don't know even if you guys will even remember this name we trade a shit ton of prospects for jason beret from the chicago white Sox. they're heard the name up before. and coming best pitchers in their system and the blue jays were hoping to get them to line line up there with uh clemens hankin and company there that late part of the seasons right and it looked like things were going to be awesome. This kid had tons of talent, and then he literally went on a three-year binge where he just couldn't. It was either the arm, the leg, head, I don't know, whatever it was. It was just a million one things, a laundry list of issues, and he never got on the field for the Blue Jays outside of, like, one relief start or something. Or it was 
minuscule. The other one I'm going to throw out here, and it's an offensive comparison, but it was the same thing. We were expecting great things from him, and when the Blue Jays acquired him, and it just never happened. Corey Koski. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. starts yeah. Did he get sick? It was yeah. sick. He did something, something to his knee. That yeah. The knee was quote-unquote fixed. The hamstring he blew out or something like that. It just literally was like a snowball effect yeah. rolling yeah. down a hill. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse for him. And I... I do think that this year, his problem is literally the spend. The, the, it's been the groin problem the whole time. I really went, don't think he ever got healthy. I'm not trying to make excuses, but he felt like he had to hurry up and do something after that call up and that the demotion, and just had to grind it out. He's. I don't know if he didn't tell anybody, or maybe he's like, ah, "Screw it, I'm a big guy, I can handle it." They call me Big Nate, you know. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. Uh, but I don't think he ever really was healthy any of the season outside of spring training. And I think that's where we're seeing that he's just, just like George Spring. I just have to go yeah. back to the IL. I have to finally get right to save my season. And I think that's the step that right now, I right now, if that's what happens and he does save his season, great. I'm all for it. He's going to be a great blue. I think I still have a confidence that he's being a great major league pitcher, but now with what's going on with the blue Jays, I've gotten something out of Alec Manoa. I found right. I I never expected him to be up in the Blue Jays uniform at least at this point in the season. I don't think anybody in Major League Baseball, fun or even goofing around with us on this show, could have predicted that Alec Manoa would have been this successful at this point in the season, where you would have assumed that he would have been a breaking case of emergency situation for the season after the All Star game would be where yeah. I would have put it if you had to. So. To that point, you've seen him step up. You've gotten Ross Stripling to be something salvageable, and you still have Steven Matz. And then, obviously, we have Ray and Ryu. So that's piecing together like we were saying. It's taken a long time to get there, but there's something to it. Right now, if this is the tipping point for the Blue Jays getting the big guy that they need to, he is their number one prospect in their system. Regardless of all this stuff that's going on, every team in the baseball would foam at the mouth to get a guy that throws the ball this hard and think, you know what? Maybe the Blue Jays did something weird. We can tweet. We can something. We can fix, fix them. them. Yeah, yeah. Because the talent is just so ridiculous. He is still one of the top ten prospects in baseball, regardless of all this injury stuff. And if that's the difference right now, for like Adam was saying, if that's the difference between the Blue Jays being able to push this thing over the now, game on. I don't even care what it happens. I so. agree. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I look. I, I don't want to belabor the point more, but how many times have we been foaming at the mouth when it comes to pitching prospects? How many times? Like Constantly. Aaron Sanchez was great when he came up, but it was only for like a year, a year and a half. Stroman was great. He's the last pitcher that the Blue Jays have developed that has actually yeah. panned out, and he's playing for someone else. Before that, Doc, Rick, Ooh, Ricky Romero to Burnett. a certain point, yeah, you know, for like a year, yeah, for a year. He had an All Star year, and that's it. Like and we we've just been dealing with Sean Mal uh, Sean uh, Markham's and Brett Cecil's and stuff like they're not players that you can you know tie around for an organization, and I'm not saying this is like an organizational thing. Maybe it is systematic. I don't know. But when it comes to Nate Pearson, I'm just not seeing the consistency. You can have all the talent in the world, and sometimes it just doesn't translate to the big leagues. Yeah. He's he's borderline a quadruple A player right now. That's how I'm viewing him. Yeah. Yeah. I can get on board with moving him this deadline as long as the as long as he gets something with control back, like a Marquez, a Luis Castillo, something like that. Because if you don't move Nate Pearson and this continues into next year, you're not even getting a substantial rental next year because his value 
is down from where it was last year at this time. And even at the beginning of this season, it's down because of how inconsistent he's been at the big league level in the injuries. So you're already kind of selling low on him. If you moved him this deadline, you'd be selling even lower on if it doesn't improve next year. If you make that decision to trade him then. So, right. Yeah. I, uh, I just would be so terrified of him putting it together as soon as he leaves. Cause we've seen this happen way too much. And All I'm right, not, correct. I'm not that. I agree with you on that part, full heartedly. And that that I'm a, I'm like sixty forty that if we got the right thing right now, I'm trading them. Right? Yeah, so I could probably get there. The big thing that, in my opinion, watching the minor leagues and stuff like that, there's been a great resurgence of pitching in our minor league system. Oh, there is totally. a lot going on outside of Nate Pearson and Alec Manoa in this system, and there still might be even better things to come because we still haven't seen Eric Pardino really call back full. Foley and mm-hmm. uh, all this kind of stuff, but Zach Logue almost a freaking no hitter the other night, right. <laughs> and most Blue Jays fans don't even know who who he is. <laughs> he has yeah, been yeah. amazing. Uh, we haven't seen really what Joey Murray can do. There's these guys that are still you know in that ballpark of being promoted. That if you traded an eight Pearson, you're gonna have somebody slide in that is probably at least in the ballpark of a Ross Stripling currently. That would probably be good enough to have anchoring the bottom of your rotation. That is the reason I'm not terribly scared about it because we have Ryu under control. There's no way in hell they're not going to some find a way to keep Robbie Ray after how much good he's been doing, right? And then you have Stripling for, I think, another year of arbitration after this. That's three yeah. guys right there that you're talking about centering around your rotation. You're going to need two other guys. So if that other guy is traded to or is acquired through a trade with Nate Pearson, I'm fine with that because that's, yeah. that's some team that's maybe one or two years away. That's yeah. the big win for them, getting somebody like Nate Pearson. And we might get the guy that they don't really need right now, but he's really damn good. <laughs> Marquez, yeah. to your point. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Rockies. Get it over it. <laughs> if, if, let me toss this back at you, Brendan. If you had the opportunity, I know like the fear of him panning out elsewhere is it's always going to permeate. But if you had the, a crystal ball in front of you, you said, okay, let's. I, we always use Max Scherzer because you know maybe the Nationals – trade him away yep. only for him to resign in the offseason fine yeah, but yeah. or even um, with him with the, making the detroit connection he was so good with the tigers yeah. and he really came out even more <laughs> as a right. fat national right if we if we trade for a max scherzer and crystal ball says we win a world series but nate pearson ends up being phenomenal for the nationals yeah, are you scoffing at Maddox. that <laughs> oh i'm totally taking that of course yeah I that's what I'm saying. Like, like, i want to see october baseball yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, I would want the guarantee of a World Series. It would obviously be great if they made the playoffs this year, but I need a World Series in return. Or yeah, else right, so if you trade. could relive a 2015 types thing, like ALCS, sort of a highlight moment, but World Series. You wouldn't take that? I no, because Scherzer's going to be gone after the season. It They're doesn't not matter. Back. David oh, Price is gone, not. too, and we gave up after everything. <laughs> but then, but then you know, if everything comes true of what you just said with Pearson, he goes on to be a son. They could have had Max Scherzer again for another but six years. Yeah, but maybe, dude. That's the thing. Like, You take the bird in hand, and who's to say that the Blue Jays don't outbid the Nationals or any other team? They have money. Who's to say that they can't? They didn't even make David Price an offer. That's the difference here. Like, maybe they come aggressive at Matt and say, you know what? A fucking development for pitching sucks. So we need to. We need <laughs> maybe to that's the reason you make this trade in the first place. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think that when you have the opportunity, and uh, we're just using Max Scherzer again, as in it could be anybody. But I'm just at the point where 
I'm trusting my eye when it comes and ears when it comes to the injuries. What successful pitcher that has lit it up has gone through this many injuries this early in their minor league career? I can't think of any, right? And maybe he's the anomaly. Maybe he's the one that breaks the mold. But chances are he. Not. Can I make and a good mold comparison yeah, here on this whole yeah. thing? How awesome did we think Ryan Barucki was going to be? Yeah, just how a few awesome years ago, he streamed through our minor league system, and yeah. now he can't stay healthy and he's in our bullpen. It could be that same kind of story all over again. I don't think it will be just because of what really I think is going on with his unfortunate his groin. <laughs> but it, it's it's that it's there, and Blue Jays fans are aware of things. And yeah, if if it's a difference in getting like we were saying, somebody we know that's good right now, I think that's the big kicker. It's so yeah. tough. It's tough. I, I mean, that's just where I am, and I totally respect where you guys are too, like on the different ends of the spectrum. And no matter where Blue Jays fans fall on it, on you have everybody got different opinions, and there's a very valid case. I mean, at the end of the day, to your point, Adam, about the injuries, there is a reason why they wanted Nate Pearson to make his delivery less violent because they could tell that the violence of his delivery was contributing to some injuries. Yeah. And maybe him met, met messing around with his delivery has contributed to some more injuries as it's gone along because he's had to get change the way he's pitched his entire life. So it's a it's a tough situation with this kid right now because, oh, it's there. The talent, like it's just right there. One little thing's click and he's got to stay healthy and he can be that ace that we want. Yeah. But there's a very real chance that it just won't happen. And that's where it's so tough. <laughs> and like I said, I think the problem is, Brendan, right now that is literally a 50-50 conversation. There's nothing it saying is. it's going to go either way. And that's honestly why I'm completely happy either direction that that situation goes. I, I still truly think he's going to pan out. Um, and I don't think that's going to be a problem for any Major League Baseball team. I would love to see it in a Blue Jay uniform. But like we were talking about here, if that's the difference in getting that key piece for the next couple seasons to make us the final playoff team and have it almost a little bit more reassured yeah. than a 50-50, Sign yeah. Me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. If it's Marquez, yes. So then I would do it this deadline. If it's, I know Castillo struggled this year. We talked about him, but again, he's another guy who you can get right back up there and be Nate Pearson. Is Luis Castillo. So yeah. Okay. I could be talked into that. Yeah. For sure. So anyway, before we go any further, anybody want any closing caps? Because <laughs> I know no, that, that was that, that was, was a good one. That got I like, heated. I like the healthy disagreement. <laughs> yeah, I like the too. Well, fun. let me just disagree with you for a sake of fun. <laughs> should always have a disagree or agree segment every single week just to get the yeah. just to get the juices flowing a little bit. That was fun. Yeah, I'll, Yo, I'll be you guys. the heel of the show for you guys. I'll be the guy that the, the people tweet at and say fuck Adam. All I can I'll see is Brent, Adam, uh, you're getting like your WWE stuff out, right? From like when you're a kid, Yo. you're just going to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, grab, <laughs> he, grab He's the going full Hitman heart up. here on everything. You'll see yeah. the belt over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a belt hanging up. Yeah, usually where we're in the more of the ball, ballpark of the Stone Cold Steve Austin drinking beer on this show, I guess, you know, you're just going to freaking like Bret Hart and uh, mess with people, right? <laughs> I'll put y'all motherfuckers in a sharpshooter. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, Good don't act shit. like I will. I will. I knew you had him around there. <laughs> That's awesome, by the way. So, talking trades and stuff, and a guy that, unf- as far as we're going to segue here into another quick one here, and um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there was a great article on Blue Jay Nation today of for a resurgent Kevin Smith. Mind you, this is a guy that has been literally on the top 100 process list. He was a former Blue Jays fourth round pick. Got off to an insane tear, like Fernando Tatis Vlad Jr. level, at the early stages of his minor league development. It was slightly nuts. There was points where Boba Shett and Kevin Smith were being mentioned in the same conversations in Lansing and Vancouver. 
to the point, obviously, since then, those two have went a very, very different path. Kevin Smith has nearly fallen off the planet, and you know, even almost to the point where he's barely on the Blue Jays' top 30 prospect. How bad he regressed. However, keyword, however, right now, he is batting 286 in the uh, for the Trenton slash Buffalo Thunder Blue Jays. Or <laughs> so, but he has been on an absolute tear over the last uh, plethora of bases, and this is the big thing that he's finally gotten back to doing. He's taking pitches. It's to the point where he's looking very similar to how Jay saw Teoscar Hernandez at the plate, flailing at everything, or even as recent as this year where Randall Gritchick is finally taking some pitches and letting the ball travel where he can just absolutely destroy it. That is what is going on for Kevin Smith. Do you think there is a place this season or in the very near future with the Jordan Groshans and the Vlad Juniors and all that we have in our current lineup for somebody like Kevin Smith in this road in this because right now he's more or less playing third base for the triple A team or is this another guy that is lumped into that ballpark here with Nate Pearson that pushes a trade over the top what say you Mr. Corsair trade bait 100% trade bait. There's just all no the, room. All kinds of trade bait. <laughs> There's no room. Like you're putting him in a, a – look, at the, the middle uh, – unless he transitions to second and Simeon's not on this team, which that's just a lot of work. Like Biggio is going to probably end up back there mm-hmm. next year if he's not traded. Um, you have Groshans already, too, at third, uh, probably next season. Bo's going to get an extension. It's just going to happen. Where are you going to put him? So far yep, this season, right? he's been DH third base and shortstop. He has played a good amount of second base in his career as well. But right now, he is basically Kevin Biggio or Joe Panic. So yeah. obviously, we know that Joe, or I mean, uh, Kevin Biggio is not going anywhere unless he ended up getting traded for some reason. Mm-hmm. Joe Panic, however, is he better than Joe Panic? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> that I would Joe be my Panic argument for now. He has a World Series ring. Uh-huh. That is the <laughs> so it, to me, it's veteran presence for somebody with a possibly a good upside. And if Kevin Smith is quote unquote hot hand right now on that kind of thing, you have a, a barely major league contract with Joe Panic together here. Is he that piece that takes you further, or is Kevin Smith? I guess is the more or less where the guys of this article went from uh, BlueJaysNation.com. I just can't see him playing this this year for the major league. I just don't see him being a Blue Jay this year. I, I if I'm being honest, I'd rather keep Espinal at third defensively. There's all the year. other wild ball. <laughs> like, I know there's no room for him, but he's clearly the best defensive third baseman the Blue Jays have. Any question to me? Um, I just don't see. I think this is just them trying to showcase what they have to people for trade offers. And when you have that much depth in the system, we've talked about this ad nauseum about, you know, the, the conveyor belt of prospect, so much positional depth that this is what it's used for. It's used to liquidize and liquidate rather to get assets for that can help better your major league team to make a postseason run. And if Kevin Smith's a casualty in that, I don't really know anybody that's going to substantially miss him that much. Especially if Groshan's knocking on the door, especially if Kevin Busy will reclaim second base or they re-sign Simeon. And if Bo Bichette gets the extension, which he probably will, there's your infield. Yeah. What do you What do you need Kevin Smith for at this point? At that point, this is back to like we talked about this over over the last like you know, basically the inception of the show. How much middle infield talent can you really hoard? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent I I trade him uh, immediately uh, because I think a couple years ago I remember we talked about this. Like I think Adam it might have been once joined full time or maybe it was a year before that. Atkins was talking up Kevin Smith like crazy at uh, Winterfest uh, a couple years ago, and he went on to slump like crazy. And that's Black where he kind of fell out of the there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he was just terrible. So now he's kind of reclaimed that form that made them gush over him. And to your point, there's so much other middle infield depth right now. Um, I'd rather ride with Espinal as well. I think he's the perfect 25th man or 26th man on a bench. Kevin Smith in a trade for sure and sell high on him because that was the whole debate that we were having. Is, was T. Oscar's breakout for real? Yes, it was. They made a good choice keeping him and not trading him. Was Rowdy's breakout for real? Clearly not. Uh, he has regressed back to the guy that he was a couple seasons ago, um, and they didn't sell Rowdy when they could have. So 100% sell Kevin Smith. And maybe maybe Zach Logue is another arm that you can use as a sell high candidate because there's so many arms in the in the minor leagues right now that you can consider moving for for a trade assets. So definitely he's a, he's a trade chip in my mind. Yeah, talk you know, while you're at it too. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a catcher Serious. I think dealt at this trade deadline. I really yeah. don't see how we're avoiding it because here's the other wild card on that thing. Have you guys seen how well Gabriel Moreno has been playing? Yes. And holy shit. Been <laughs> yeah, there's that too. It out. Although, so there on that point, if we're talking about selling high. <laughs> I mean, know, I'd rather Reese. have Reese McGuire right now than maybe not Kirk, but I'd rather keep Moreno in the minor leagues to fully develop and have McGuire and sell Jano. Like Jano to me is a net negative. I don't. Yeah. I, I have lost faith in him. Yeah. But I'm I, off. If, I'm if, off the yeah. chance in trade two. <laughs> if Kirk is back and it's a Kirk Reese McGuire split, and Jano is the I'm fine yeah. with it. Yeah. I'm done forcing it. And was it was it Gabriel Moreno playing third base the other day or somewhere on the infield yes. too? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So yeah, there's another like, he was like, being Russ Martin, dude. Yeah, yeah. Extremely so, athletic young man. Yeah, it's fantastic. This I uh, love how versatile they're making these kids so that they can sell them high. So absolutely. Yeah. No, that worst case scenario, there all of a sudden is nobody left at third base and he can play third base. Yeah, <laughs> nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> so um but yeah, I, I tend to agree with you guys that he's def it, I it's a great story. Honestly, I would give you that ballpark that he might be a better player to have than Joe Panic on our bench. But I agree with you. He's not but not looking better than Kevin Biggio, obviously. Santiago Espinal has been doing a great job with the bat to the point where he is obviously carrying his ridiculous skills. It's very Johnny Mack to me, just playing third yes. base as far as yeah, comparison sure. level. So Kevin Smith does have an insanely good glove. He is, like I said, a, a shortstop by trade. He's been playing a ton of third base over the last regular seasons, obviously. Last year being on the taxi squad and whatever the hell he was doing. Um, but I agree, and this is one of those situations that it's an insane coming out party for him this season for the level of offense that's going on for him compared to the last couple of years of his minor league career. I really hope they can make something out of it one way or the other because he has been very talented throughout his minor league career and completely just hit a roadblock. And to find somebody to come out of that whole thing, those are the players that usually are locked in for the rest of their career. Think, you know, Roy Holiday hit that brick wall, came back monster, things like that. You know, usually you hear those stories where they got completely derailed and then they found it and everything's wonderful, you know. So it is what it is. But yeah. Let's talk really quick before the end of the episode here. Is we're going to, once again, I am running lawn because apparently I'm the oh, lawn good, guy. <laughs> but the Blue Jays are still up two to nothing. 
So we're good. <laughs> ah, True. better knock on desk. <laughs> um, last two series, the Orioles and the Marlins. The Blue Jays did lose a good one to the frickin' uh, Orioles where they, you know, got a little dusted and things were continuing to look like the ship was sinking. Sorry, Shea mm. Hillenbrand. <laughs> yeah. um, they found it, and they came back the next game, and then they have carried that success since and into this evening where they are obviously playing right now with Robbie Ray and George Springer evens at the bat. So, boom. <laughs> but, guys, takeaways from those two series, what do you like, what scares you, what kind of things are we seeing going on here right now in Blue Jays fandom over the last week? Yeah, brother. Either or. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hot take. They, they may have saved their season by coming back and winning that game Saturday because uh, um, I, I turned it off after they hit the two home runs off of Manoa and he got tossed. I'm just like, screw this. I'm going hanging outside. It's a nice day. Um, and I had friends over. So wanted to hang outside and whatnot. But when I checked and saw that they came back and tied it 7-7 and took the lead, I'm like, okay, that's the kind of win where you can hopefully start turning around your seasons. Like, okay, we didn't drop even further below 500. We didn't lose the series to a team we should be beating. Um, and our superstar is on the horizon of coming back from injury. Um, so yeah, to their credit, we were able to write the ship on Saturday uh, and win the series on Sunday. The bullpen has somewhat flattened out a little bit and gotten a little more consistent over the last while, which is good to see. Hopefully, this is a sign of things to come that all three facets of the Blue Jays, uh, the bullpen, the rotation, and the office four with the defense uh, can come together and they can go on a little bit of a run before the all-star break. Because we said last week when it was all doom and gloom, this is their chance to have a nice little run and get back in right before the all-star break. So, yeah, it was definitely worrisome for a little bit that they were going to lose again. And that would have been what six straight losses and um, in pretty epic fashion in two games against the Orioles. So yeah, I think they may have saved their season and you know what, if they do go back on and get back into the race and if they make the playoffs, you never know, you might go back and look at that comeback in Baltimore this past Saturday as the turning point from the season. And that'd be amazing. Um, so again, watching series, I was asking myself, are the Blue Jays, especially after the loss in Game 1, are the Blue Jays not as good as we thought? Or are the Orioles better than we thought? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. And now that Springer is back, I think that will sort of lean towards the Blue Jays being better, obviously. But, um, again, I walked away, away rather impressed with the Orioles, but I also walked away uh, impressed with the resiliency of the Blue Jays. Um, you know, that scuffle, we've talked about it, that might, again, bring some fire moving forward, maybe. Um, I think that's more rookie growing pains, but, you know, we already talked about that to death. Um, the bullpen has shown some life. I, I still would like to have some reinforcements. It makes me uncomfortable, but at least Romano looked pretty sharp. Um, again, Meza had some good stuff at various points. Thornton was a little bit rough. Chatwood looked pretty good. Um, they just need to, to continue that trend and hopefully we see more of the April bullpen than the, uh, the, the May into June bullpen. I mean, these are teams you should be clamoring and should be clamoring to be, and just should be spanking, right? The Marlins up and coming. They're not that good. The Orioles, like I, we already evaluated them. These are games that are prime for the taking. So take advantage of them. What do we got? I don't want to bury the lead, but we got, um, Baltimore and Seattle coming yep. up next. Yeah. Next those are games. Actually, eight yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. You need to go on a run with the. Is all of those are in Buffalo? 
Uh, yes. I know this. Yeah, yeah, the, that's right. I knew the Seattle series was for the Canada Canada Day slash Fourth of July celebration. There you go. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, you need go on this run. Take advantage yeah. of these games. Sorry, Brian. No, no, no. I was only going to add. I figure it's a, a ten or eleven game homestand, so you got to win almost every single one. You have. They to. need to you take advantage to. against the teams that they're playing in that because there's going to be a Blue Jay home game for those. It's not going to be the Yankees coming in for the, mm-hmm. you know, the yes. seri- series against the, the Mariners. You know, I'm sorry to say, you know, we usually invade the Mariner ballpark. I'm not seeing <laughs> them invading oh. ours all of a sudden, <laughs> regardless you know, of the fact that it's technically capacity. Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. What full was that? Capacity too. Full yeah. Capacity. Yep. And that's going to be Take fun. Advantage. So, um, I'm still looking for tickets. <laughs> Let me across. Come on. I got salt number two. I'm ready to go. An hour and a half away from me, and I still don't have tickets. It's just insulting. <laughs> so, um, but to that point, I think the uh, I, the biggest takeaway was obviously the the pitching continued to work well this past week, but the bullpen found enough to get going. Some of the things that still shock me, though, how Jekyll and Hyde could have Patrick Murphy been in the one in the inning that he had. He literally looked amazing for one batter, then was rough, rough, amazing, amazing, and then got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope good things for Patrick Murphy. So, but in all reality, he was part of their plans, I think. So I think they need to find a way to get him before some of these guys get back. But. To your point, Romano looked good, and I think that's a big thing right now for the Blue Jays as far as getting some good quality innings out of their bullpen, and the fact that they can stretch it into those guys, the big bigger names in right now, is key. So going into next week, we are finishing up the series against the Marlins tonight, and then we are playing, once again, the quote-unquote not-so-bad Baltimore Orioles, according to what Adam just said. I'd say they're said. 5% better than what I thought. Okay, so it's in the ballpark. You just... Yeah, they're just seat. not as bad. They're still <laughs> terrible, but they're just not as bad. Like, they can hit. They're they on your scouting well. radar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll take Mullins. Yeah, like, exactly. I'll, 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 I love Cedric Mullins. <laughs> yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we play the Mariners. Uh, that, Like I said, that's going into the holiday weekend and whatnot. So, um, Adam, how do you think this week's going to shape up as far as record and what the Blue Jays really need to look for this week? Or what are they okay, going to so continue we- doing well? We already uh, gave our predictions for the Miami series, right? I think we talked about that last week. So heading into tomorrow, four games against the Orioles. I'm going to be a little conservative about it because, like I said, they can hit, and this is a minor league ballpark. I'm going to say three out of four. I'm not even going to go with split the Orioles. That would be embarrassing. Uh, Mariners, I'm going to say two out of three. Um, Cough up either the 29th or 30th. Don't you dare cough up Canada today. Um, Just don't. And, again, I don't want to – I'm not trying to – draw the heavy mortars and stuff if anybody are from buffalo is going to this canada day game just know that it might not mean a lot to you guys but this means everything to people in canada so make some noise and and just go get fucking wasted and make it just fun make it sound like a dome field advantage for the love of god (laughs) and you know just, just have a great time and 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 do it up. And I, again, I'm not Canadian, so I can't like speak for it. But I know going to a Canada Day game in Canada, I know what this means yeah. to Blue Jays fans. So just make it fun. So I'm gonna say three out of four, two out of three. There you go. Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. Didn't you go to a Canada Day game once? Yeah, I just said that. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I thought you game. said. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't hear that you did it. I thought it's not yep. like you know about it. But no, I've done it all. Uh, and then. 
my favorite was the weekend though, because I actually went up for that Canada Day weekend where Roy Halladay came back as a Philly for the first time. Oh, and nice! Yeah, yeah. Jose yeah. Bautista the following day when he pitched yes. just kind of went boop, gone. Yep. Windows. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that was a good game. That's right. We yep. had mentioned that before. <laughs> so, yep. all right. So I'm in that same ballpark that I think what's going to be a winning week, and there, it needs to be a winning week. This is. This is, could exactly be the make or break for the Blue Jays season. And honestly, guys, I really would be shocked if we look back at this week at the end of the season and saw that that Manoa fight actually was the catalyst to start this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of who was right and who was wrong, it was a fight that lit some asses up. So <laughs> it was all good. Uh, anyway, picks to click, fellas. Um, last week, Brendan, you had Wait, Robbie Brendan, Ray. Did you, What's did up? you go? Hmm? Did you give your predictions, Brendan? Sorry. Uh, I'm I on the exact same train as you guys. Yeah. Okay. I I here. <laughs> Strickle yeah. on, right? So, uh, Brendan, you had Robbie Ray. You had the Vladinator. And then I had Marcus Semyon. So, we went we went bigger, went home last week. Oh, we, all the Blue Jays stars, all yeah. stars. Literally right there on the paper. <laughs> so, I guess the question is, who really stood out? They all had good weeks. Not Robbie Ray. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Robbie Ray was a little rough. But yeah, I think this is. Uh, I think I think Adam's going to end up taking another one here. Is I don't think Simeon did anything over the last week to really uh, make me think that he was better than Vlad. Vlad did yeah. like an MVP. Simeon homered when Saturday um, first pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was really the big highlight of the week, right? It wasn't like he ran away with offense. No, it was kind a, of a, a norm runaway week. Yeah. And I even I would say from a Vlad week, even the past week too. But I think he still ended up tattooing too, didn't he? I think so. so. Yes. Yeah. I'm kind of in that ballpark that he literally beats me two home runs to one. <laughs> yeah. I, I give it. I'd probably give it to Vlad. I can't even think of. Yeah, Simeon was a little bit of a pedestrian week, so. Which is still a good week for him. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so for Simeon's for the Baltimore series, he had uh, 18 at bats, three runs, two hits. Yeah, it's not that great. Two home runs. There you go. Yeah. Three RBIs, one walk, eight strikeouts. So. Yeah, not the not the greatest. I, I was I, a little, actually, pretty underwhelming with a one eleven batting average. All so, yeah, I heard is Vlad passes the eye test. And <laughs> yeah. he, he, yes. it's like you're trying to find a way for us not to give it to you this week. Stop no, looking at really, numbers. I'm, I'm just <laughs> like, around. really? Like, yeah. I'm on the board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Alert the media. <laughs> yeah. So to put that into perspective, Brendan, because you uh, had your off week with Robbie Ray and stealing from Chris. Um, you are at three wins apiece now. And I've been on, uh, if I follow any kind of my pacing, I better win this week. <laughs> so, it is what it is. But it's five to me, to you both three, and then we have one guest spot in far. So, a resurgent last five weeks going three and two for Mr. Corsair has put him back in the running. <laughs> that means Adam, right. you get to pick first. There you go, Adam. All right. Can we? I, I was thinking about this. Can we make it a rule not to pick this person twice in a row? Can that be yeah. a rule? Because I'm, I'm kind of felt like we uh -huh. did that rule, but I think everybody was following that anyway. Because there's nothing. Yeah. It, oddly Chris, enough, Chris it's Chris not. Can go Robbie Ray. Yeah, 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 yeah. He can do. The guest it. spot can, can do yeah. whatever. Guest spot's yeah. a wild card. Um. All right. So I'm gonna go George Springer. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I was not thinking him, but uh, that, that's a good pick now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Minor League Ballpark, George Springer, let's go. Yeah, yeah totally. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Um, uh, Craig, you can go. Well, you technically 
would yeah <laughs> go ahead <laughs> okay uh hunjin ryu um i think it'll only get one start uh between now and when next week wednesday uh and it's, it's against, against the orioles <laughs> yeah well i think that's a little bit of a uh, i wouldn't call it cheating but at the same time i'm expecting seven innings of maybe one or two runs and if they win then that puts them near the front unless springer or whoever you pick craig just has an incredible week so yeah. sign me up for uh Hanjin. He has a chance to have a runaway week with the fact that he could just run, throw a run, one hitter over seven innings and just really, you know, Impossible. ace it out, right? So, yeah. um, I God, I'm really tempted to just say Reese McGuire to be a dick. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's no, not right now. You're talking about a hot hand in our lineup. He's just singling yes. everybody to death, but still, guess Four that could five, sneak yeah, in a win, yeah. Yeah. So, uh I'm gonna go Bo. I have on it. I have not Bo Bichette all season, so there I am go. gonna pull out Bo Bichette this week and make sure he hopefully gets me back on the winner board here. <laughs> How often has Bo been picked this year? I feel like not too many people have picked him. Actually, Brandon, you still have not picked him. Yeah, I think I did. I think I did. And maybe Adam, that's why you suck. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, so he's got him like three times at the front. <laughs> yeah, the swing pass. Well, he had a monster April, didn't he? Didn't he, he have a really solid April? He did, he did have a good April. Yeah. yeah, he's had a quietly good season, and it's got starting to get louder and louder as it's yeah. done. So it's not like it's been. I don't think Bo has ever really had a tear where it's been like a week or two of just like holy shit, this guy's carrying the team. It's just kind of been right. like steady the entire the entire the other season catch to that is vladdy has been carrying the team. yeah exactly. so, and then Semyon has been on fire all season yeah. so in the midst of that bow get that you know that's a ridiculous one two three right there i don't care how any way you look at it you know, any baseball mind is gonna look at our one th- one through four right now and be like wow <laughs> there's I just even say t oscar has had more of a like oof kind of season than uh than uh than Bo has and if springer can get hot then Bo can comfortably just Cruz as like the fifth guy yeah. uh, in the offense of just being steady and good. Like I think I saw the other day, he's on base for over thirty homers, hundred RBI, and the third best season for a Blue Jay shortstop ever by F four. Only behind Tony Fernandez's yeah. two seasons. So meanwhile, he's having himself a nice year. It's just been kind of quiet. Meanwhile, to your point, Teoscar Hernandez has been picked all over our board so far for the picks to clicks, and he's putting together. I'm, the, I'm just gonna say he's putting a very Joe Carter esque season together it's not loud it's not bad yeah. it's it's yeah. just hey i'm driving in a ton of runs i'm scoring a bunch of runs it's been a solid season for Oscar hernandez so far so that's a good person yeah and that's what hey that's what every offense needs you need that guy in the middle that is just going to clean up and that's exactly yeah. what he's doing right now and he has been our best cleanup hitter for a couple years now so i'm excited so anyway, on that, fellas, you got anything you want to add before we do the typical two claps, a woot, and a, wick fl- and a Ric Flair? <laughs> yeah, just real quick to close on that bow thing. With a week left in June, uh, for the month of June thus far, he has been he has a 313 batting average, Yeah, which is pretty good, with an 828 yeah. OPS. Pretty good. That's quiet because I didn't – if you would have said that to me, I wouldn't have believed you But because that leg kick just gradually be crazy and the whole helmet <laughs> thing, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> bow's good. That's what I'm saying. Bow's yeah, good. Just saying. Bow's good. Yeah, I think they said he's actually among uh, yeah. shortstops in the shortstops. American League right now for the All Star mm-hmm. Game, only to be in. doubled up by Xander Bogarts and Boston fans. But yeah. in all reality, right now I'd say that's justified because Xander Bogarts has been on fire. <laughs> yep. So, plus yeah, ridiculous defense and carrying the rest. Yep. 
So I still think it's going to be a Boston Blue Jays uh, infield for the uh, All-Star break. I really do. because It's going to be Devers and uh, Bogarts, I think, and then uh, Semyon and uh, Vladdy. I think it really is going to be that. I I think you'd be hard-pressed to find too many people arguing that right now. So anyway... To that point, Blue Jays fans, make thank you very much for listening in this evening as we did our, you know, four and a half innings of ball here on the show with you live during the ball game. And yeah, so we're going to keep coming to you live Thursdays or Wednesdays, depending on what off days fall and what. Shout out to our friends at Stadium Scene who also love our podcast, apparently, and like being uh, good friends with us. And obviously go out and listen to everything on StadiumScene.tv. There are a plethora of programming and articles and whatnot as well. Also, we haven't propped this up in a while, guys, but we do have a Patreon account that we all completely f- forgot about. You can all still you know, pay and yep. jump in, and we'll have you as a guest on this show is actually the current offer. And I'm just going to say it. Wow. How have you not taken advantage of this and gotten out to Blue Jays? nation with us and enjoyed all this fun we are and um i'm still gonna call you all out too on the fact that apparently you're all enjoying this two to nothing game so far that not many people are chit-chatting with us this evening there's been good points and whatnot but that's about it (laughs) so there was nobody yelling at us or blasting us about trading nate pearson and kevin smith just yet (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we got to take that whole segment and can it up and just throw it out to the twitterverse this evening and see what it is come on i'm looking at you with the headliner and the instagram account <laughs> at me, yo. At me. Come at me. So, but anyway, until next week, you can find us wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from. And gentlemen, let's get this going. Two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Let's go, Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. Get vaccinated. <laughs> mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.